Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome. Back. Oh my God, I'm laughing at myself because I was mad corny. Welcome back to another episode of Young Black and Opinionated. I'm your host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button today wherever you are listening. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. You can also send me an email at helloybo at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. Send me your topic ideas, guest requests, anything and everything. I want to hear your comments. HelloYBO at gmail.com. Today's episode is episode 159, I think. And on this episode, it's just another pop culture roundup. I'm talking about what I've been listening to, what I've been watching. And a lot of it is kind of women-centered, women-focused, women-created. So I'm excited to talk about it. Let's jump into it. First, we have to kick off the episode with Put Y'all On. And my Put Y'all On for this episode is just going to be collaboration. I'm putting y'all on to collaboration because it's right there in front of you. It's right under your nose and you forget about it. I forget about it. That's why I'm reminding y'all because I just feel like, uh, what's the saying, you know, if you want to get there fast, go alone. If you want to get there smarter, something like that, go with more people, something like that. Basically, working with other people is just very, very clutch and you need to do it more often. And this is a reminder to myself as well because I'm one of those people who likes to do everything myself. I think it's also trust issues. I don't trust other people to execute things to the level that I want to, but I'm finding out that I cannot do everything by myself. (laughs) So you need help. And there's just so many other creatives out here, particularly I'm talking about my field where... I'm not good at video editing, so maybe somebody else can edit my videos for me, or I'm not good at this, and and this person is awesome at it. So putting your heads together and just collaborating, I'm just realizing it's popping up a lot lately in my life, and I need to network, and I need to talk to people. And I know networking is just, like, so awkward, and, like, hi, I want something from you, and, like, it's very transactional, But that's why I'm saying like more collaboration than just networking. Like if you see somebody who's working on a cool project, maybe you can ask to help out or maybe you can the the same way that I invite people on my podcast. When I see people doing dope things, you know, that's collaboration. So just want to remind you that you can't do everything on your own. You shouldn't do everything on your own. There's other people out here who might be smarter than you and that's okay. Learn from them. Collaboration is this week's put y'all on. The first thing I want to talk about is Kim Kardashian's work harder advice. How ironic. (laughs) I know this is a little dated, but I just could not let this pass by without talking about it on the podcast. I think this interview came out after the last episode. So obviously, you know, the Kardashians are relaunching their reality show on Hulu and they did an interview with a variety and a photo shoot. And so a clip of the interview surfaced. Of course, they always pick the most controversial clip to surface on social media. <laughs> and basically, it was Kim, Courtney, Chloe, and Chris. And Kim, of course, had the floor, and she's always speaking. And in another video clip from the interview I saw, she was speaking over Courtney, and it was very cringy. It was so hard to watch. Courtney couldn't even get a sentence out without Kim speaking over her. And that just tells you everything you need to know about the sister's dynamic. But in this viral clip, Kim was saying, everybody just wants to sit on their ass. Nobody wants to work hard anymore. You need to get off your ass and work harder. 
That's my Kim Kardashian impression. And obviously it was just ironic because people say Kim got famous for being famous. She got famous off a sex tape and a reality show and she has no talent, blah, blah, blah. But I want to play devil's advocate and I want to say that Kim did, you know, did what she had to do. Like once she did get that fame, she never lost it. And she did, you know, become a lawyer and learn more about uh, business and things like that. And, and I feel like everything she got after that, no, actually, I was going to say, like, give her her credit. She does deserve some credit, but I feel like the most credit should really go to Kris Jenner. I feel like Kris Jenner really made all of her 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 kids, like, superstars. So she was an awesome momager and manager. And since it is Women's History Month, we got to tip our hat to Kris Jenner. <laughs> but it was just ironic because everybody's like, are you serious? You don't even pay your workers fairly. Like, some, some employees of the Kardashians actually came out and said, like, wow, how dare you put this out when you barely paid me anything and I had to eat Oreos for dinner. Like, <laughs> So that work harder advice from Kim Kardashian did not land very well. Um, now let's move on to some black women who are actually putting in the work. And this is Katani Brown Jackson. If you're not familiar, I, I talked about how Biden could make history by appointing a black woman to the Supreme Court. And now, you know, she's in the process of being questioned and that's just, that's just life. That's the process. That's how it has to go. Before you go in the Supreme Court, we're going to pick you apart. You know, they have done it to other people. But the question is, are they going a little too hard on the black lady? And I haven't really kept up with it, to be honest, the questioning. But um, it's just, I just hate how, like, whenever there's a black woman in a position of power or, or gets a little bit of opportunity to be at the top, and we're clearly qualified. She's obviously qualified. I just hate how they have to nitpick at the smallest little things. And also, I think I saw somebody share that she was, like, married to a white man. What does that have to do with anything? Like, th does that automatically take away her black card? Y'all don't fuck with her no more? Like, get over it. But... Yeah, I saw on LinkedIn, this woman was just like congratulating her for like keeping her composure because I would have flipped out by now. If people was digging in my past, nitpicking about every little traffic ticket I ever got in my life to prove that I could be on the Supreme Court, y'all could have it. Like, pfft, I don't want it then. I don't want the job. Forget it. Because <laughs> I'm not about to sit here and have y'all just hurling questions at me. And especially somebody was saying like, uh, whatever his name is, Cruz was going even harder on her. You're the main one to talk, Ted Cruz, when you literally abandon your state during a snowstorm. Like, F you. So, keep your thoughts and prayers with Katani Brown-Jackson. Now, let's move on to what I've been listening to, my favorite music. Um, I won't say favorite. <laughs> These albums are growing on me. Number one, Crash by Charlie XCX. I be in my pop bag sometimes, y'all. I do listen to other music besides hip-hop and R&B. And Crash is just an awesome pop album I'm feeling right now. Some of the pop girls get it, and some of the girls don't. And what I mean by that is, I don't even think this song was supposed to be pop. It was supposed to be hip-hop. But Koyla Ray and Nicki Minaj, Blick Blick, that single... I just don't understand why they keep trying to throw Nicki on everything. It's like, stop trying to make Fetch happen. Stop trying to stop trying to make every song pop with a Nicki verse because that ain't it. Blick, blick. I just, maybe I'm just a hater, but I, well, that's not true because I did like Coyla Ray's uh, first couple songs, but mm, yeah, this one's not really for me. So that's why I'm saying like the people that get it, get it. And the people that don't will continue to put out trash singles and Crash by Charlie XCX 
is not a trash album at all. It is a great pop album. It's giving me... I feel like the only two white pop stars I really listen to right now are Charlie... Ooh, no, three. Becky Hill, Charlie, and Dua Lipa. And speaking of Dua Lipa, she also has a new single with Megan Thee Stallion called Sweetest Pie. I just loved everything about it. I just love the beat. Although I will admit, if you listen closely to The Sweetest Pie, it does sound a little bit like like that by Doja Cat. Yeah, you need to listen to that again. Trust me, when you listen to those songs back to back, you'll realize they low-key sound the same. But that's okay, because we love Megan and everything she touches, and we love Dua Lipa. And I just love how... You know, Dua Lipa had the levitating song with the baby. Then he was on that BS with Megan. Megan wasn't fuck with him no more. And then Dua Lipa said, y'all can never, ever stream Levitator again for all I care. I'm going to do a song with Megan. I love it. I love it. I love it. And yeah, the costumes were awesome. The choreography, everything was super cute. Um, Sweetest Pie, awesome single right now. Another album I'm listening to by a woman, Toxic Chocolate by rapper Kelly. And that's her tag. That's how she says her name, Kylie. Toxic Chocolate. She's got some features with Bia. Um, I can't remember who else right now, but I really enjoyed that as well. You know, I just love the female rappers these days. And I also have been listening to Alpha by Shinseya. Uh, Shinseya, that is her tag. That's how I remember her name, how to pronounce her name. Shinseya is of Jamaican descent, and she's got the reggaeton vibe. Um... I will say this album did have a little bit much auto-tune, but otherwise, I really, really enjoyed it. Great, you know, reggae vibes for the spring and summertime. And she said in an interview, like, she really did this for her son. Like, she got into music for her son. I didn't even realize she had a child. So, good for her. I'm just happy for all these women putting out music, giving us something, some, some variety, something else to listen to. Um, as far as men, I know Lil Durk had an album out, but I didn't even listen to that yet, not gonna lie. So I guess I will catch up on that this week. Now let's get into what I've been watching. And I have to start the conversation by talking about Essence's Black Women in Hollywood feature. So they're actually going to be having their own Black Women in Hollywood awards. And that's going to be airing on Monday, March 28th. That's my mom's birthday. Shout out to my mom. And so Essence's Black Women in Hollywood honorees are Quinta Brunson, who's having amazing success with Abbott Elementary. I just love it so much. She's just so cute. She's such a joy. The last episode I watched, oh my God, how could she be that awkward? How could your character be that awkward? I just, when she bumped into the light and like flipped, flicked off the light, you're an idiot. <laughs> So awkward and so entertaining to watch. Quinta Brunson, Shantae Adams. You guys might know Shantae Adams from The Photograph. She was in uh, Roxanne, Roxanne. I don't think you guys watched that, but I sure did. I love that on Netflix. Check that out. Um, and A Journal for Jordan. She was just recently in that. Nia Long, we all know the bad, the beautiful Nia Long. She was looking thicky thick in these pictures. From the Essence Black Women in Hollywood spread. She's looking good. I just love it. I love it. She got this bodysuit on, this black and white bodysuit. Yes, Nia Long. And Anjanue Ellis. Anjanue Ellis really does not get enough credit, y'all. I'm telling you, Anjanue Ellis, you know her. You love her. You just probably never knew her name, but you remember her face. She's from Lovecraft Country. She's from, um, 
forgetting right now. I'm blanking on the show. I just watched her in, <laughs> but she's making moves. Okay. After Lovecraft Country, she's already got stuff lined up. Trust me. She's been out here. She's not new to this. That's the thing. She is not new to this. She is true to this. Andre Lewis, um, just awesome black women in Hollywood. And that brings me to the Oscars airing on Sunday, Monday, 27th. Thank you, my friend Manny for correcting me. I had a blunder. This was super embarrassing. I posted like, oh, can't wait for the Oscars tonight. And Manny was like, they're next Sunday, not this Sunday. And I was like, oh, well, I still look forward to it. Um, I'm just excited because there's three women hosts for the Oscars this year. And two of them are black, Regina Hall and uh, Wanda Sykes. I'm sorry, I almost mixed up their names. Regina Hall and Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes is hilarious. Wanda Sykes is really gonna tear the house down. She's hilarious. And Regina Hall is hilarious too. Don't get it twisted. So I'm excited for that. Some of my favorite Oscar nominees include, um, let's see. I really liked um, Shang-Chi. I'm trying to think what else. Now I'm blanking because I honestly, oh, King Richard, um, what's that show called that I told you guys about with the Cowboys? Uh... Oh my God, I'm blanking right now. But that movie with uh, Idris Elba. And that's really my, that's pretty much the only Oscars nominees I really care about. I'm about to look right now to see like who else I may have discussed on the, yeah, see, I never watched Nightmare Alley. I never watched Don't Look Up. I never watched Dune. Um, I never watched Power of the Dog. I always feel like every year it's just movies that you've never really watched before, but then all of a sudden they blow up. So there's that. House of Gucci, never watched that. Yeah, I guess we'll see. West Side Story, okay, wait. Let me let me take a pause. West Side Story, listen. I'm happy for the black woman that she's getting all the nominees, but y'all are really gonna push this movie to force me to watch it, huh? Because I really wasn't interested. And I personally love musicals, but I never gravitated to West Side Story like some people do. And I certainly didn't want to watch a what? How many reboots is this? T second, third? I, I wasn't really here for it. Um, so I still haven't watched it, but I'm, I'm happy for the black woman who's getting on the nominations. Kudos. Uh, so yeah, the Oscars will be on Sunday. Hope I didn't just discourage you from watching it. Um, I just personally feeling I didn't watch a lot of the nominees. So how can I really judge the best? But we don't get to judge anyway. It's up to the Academy. So we will see what the Academy has to say. Now let's jump into uh, more TV shows and stuff that I've been streaming. So I mentioned earlier that the Kardashians relaunched Keeping Up With Kardashians on Hulu. And I hope that that's a good money grab for Hulu because they're gonna need it. I heard through the media grapevine that Hulu will not be around for much longer, give or take two years. And you know, that's not surprising. We see a lot of mergers right now. We see HBO Max merging with Discovery Plus, but also Hulu originals are just not good. <laughs> Y'all know I rag on Hulu a lot on the podcast, but it's just because None of their originals have really captivated me. I'll, I'll talk about some other shows that I'm watching on Hulu in a second, but it's basically like, I only go to Hulu to watch shows from other networks. I'm not on there for Hulu originals. I, you, I just am not interested. And I really tried to give them a chance this week and they let me down. And the first movie that kind of let me down was Fresh. Fresh starring Sebastian Stan. He, you know, really played the handsome, charming, creepy guy very well, but overall, the movie was just hard to stomach. I was under the impression that this movie would be about a cannibal, a, a you know, a, a dating goes wrong situation. Girl falls in love with a guy, guy ends up being a cannibal. 
That was not the case. It was more disturbing than that. The, the, the plot line was like, she met him in a grocery store and they started dating. She fell head over heels. Come to find out he like wanted to sell her meat, like from her body. Very weird. It was just hard to stomach. And once he like took a leg out of the freezer and was dancing around with it, I was like, all right, we could turn this off. That was literally the scene where we turned it off. <laughs> Me and my boyfriend were both disgusted. And it's interesting because we watch a lot of creepy shit. I watch Criminal Minds. I watch Law and Order. But this I just couldn't stomach for some reason. And so we turned it off 40 minutes in and come to find out there was like another hour left. And I just couldn't imagine watching another hour of that. So Hulu, that was supposed to be your big blockbuster fresh. It was not it, okay? Y'all could check it out if you want, but I would not recommend it. Now, the Hulu original Deep Water, I might recommend this to y'all. Deep Water, I was just a little disappointed because I thought it would be more psychological and more thriller. And I mean, it was called a psychological thriller and I feel like it was just a kind of uh, typical crazy, you know, uh, open relationship type movie. Uh, Ana de Armas, she plays Ben Affleck's wife and she's like blatantly hooking up with other people in front of him. So that's why I assume it was an open relationship. And then you could probably figure out what happens next. Uh, ben Affleck doesn't like that too much. And so I guess it was creepy and it was weird. Like the husband, you know, went off his rocker, but otherwise it wasn't very psychological or thriller to me. Um, but you know, it was decent. So I'll give Hulu that one. It was all right. Deep water. But again, it didn't like wow me like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell you guys about this movie. You know, um, like I said, I mostly go to Hulu to watch shows that air on other networks. I am excited for Atlanta to return. Atlanta returns on FX this week. And so it'll be on Hulu. I can't wait for that. I might have to go back to seasons one and two though. Cause I really, actually all the seasons, I just really don't remember it that well. And I think they said after this season, it might be the last season. So we'll see. Um, I mean, obviously it's just crazy to think about how these, these stars started out and everything they've done since. I mean, look at Lakeith. He's been Oscar nominated since being, I first was introduced to him on Atlanta. So this is incredible to watch uh, just young black talent really blossom. And it's interesting because I talked about Quinta Brunson earlier and um, what's his name? Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, creator of Atlanta said in an interview, like, I'm so in awe of Quinta Brunson. I'm so jealous of her. Like, that's the comedy I wanted to make. And she was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm jealous of you. Just love to see it. We love both of them. Um, also, what I like to watch next day on Hulu is uh, this show, Impeachment. Well, it's already over. It, it came out actually a while ago, September, but you can binge it on Hulu now. It was on FX and now it's on Hulu. Impeachment is part of the American Crime series. So remember the first season they did, you know, OJ versus the people and Cuba Gooding Jr. played... Um, OJ and then season two they did you know the the killing of Versace season three they did the impeachment of Bill Clinton it was all about Monica Lewinsky and this is what I meant by women themed episode because this show really made me feel like girl power on one hand you have Monica Lewinsky who was just a 25 year old victim who had a relationship with an older man and that's why I call her a victim because she was she was so desperate and she was so clingy because she had a past with older men that I didn't realize she was low-key raped so I didn't realize she had that past and then 
She had the affair with Bill Clinton and everybody just called her a whore without knowing her history and her life background. So this, this was very interesting to watch. Um, this is a scripted show and Sarah Paulson plays Linda Tripp. Now this is women not supporting women. Linda Tripp really was a bitch. And I understand where she was coming from. Like, oh, I was trying to help out a young woman. But really, she had some shady motives as well. She wanted to get famous and she was so self-centered. And Linda Tripp just played, I mean, Sarah Paulson played the hell out of Linda Tripp and really just made me hate this woman so much. She played it so well. Um, and she even wore a fat suit for it. Like, please watch it Impeachment on FX slash Hulu because this was just like really interesting, especially as a young person who I was born at the time that this all happened. I didn't know all of this happened. I mean, you hear, you know, the aftershock of it all 20 years later. Oh, Monica Lewinsky had an affair with the president, but you just have no idea what was going on behind those closed doors, literally in the Oval Office. So check out this show, Impeachment, if you want to see some badass women. Um, what else have I been watching on Hulu? Dark Side of the 90s. Again, kind of old, but a docu-series that I really enjoyed. It's from Vice and it's on Hulu. I particularly want to call out episodes three and five since I do talk a lot about TV and music on this podcast. I wanted to talk about how on season one, episode three, TV for Teens, they talked about how during the 90s, uh, 90210 really just shook the world and really just took TV by storm. And I wanted to talk about another badass black woman Oh, actually, she's not black, but she is a badass woman. Gabrielle Carteris, she is just a badass boss-ass bitch. She really stood up to the hypocrisy. She said, like, on 90210, we were trying to be progressive at the time, and, and, and our characters were doing things that other people weren't on TV, but behind closed doors, they were treating the actors horribly. She was like, I was Jew I'm Jewish, and I wore a Jewish star on set, and my character was Jewish, and they were like, no, you can't wear that, you gotta take it off. And she was like, well, why? Like, everybody else could wear a cross. And so then they ended up just changing the rules so nobody could wear crosses or Jewish stars or anything religious. And she was like, okay, I'ma always push back because y'all are not making sense here. Even um, after 90210, she went on to be on some, you know, celebrity, circus, stars, whatever type reality show. And Alfonso from Fresh Prince was also on, on the show, and he was her partner. And during the the uh, rehearsal, she gave him a hug. And they were like, no, you can't do that. And she went to Alfonso and she was like, they told me not to hug you, so the next time we do it live, I'm gonna kiss you. And she did. And <laughs> this woman was just such a badass and um, she's still kicking it today. Gabrielle Carteras, please check her out from the original 90210 cast. She was also breaking barriers because she was old at the time, quote, old ageism in Hollywood. She was like 29 playing a high schooler. And um, she faced some ageism as well. And so she was just very badass. And I just really loved that episode of Dark Side of the 90s because the 90s were pretty dark. Um, they said that the most important thing was that audiences now have an expectation that you're going to meet them where they are. And that's really what happened with Party of Five in the 90s. They talked about how like, they were, other shows were just never like breaching these kind of topics. And they were saying we would come on set every day and like make sure the lights turned on because we just thought we were going to get canceled every day. So that was interesting to watch. Y'all know I love a good docu-series. So I love watching this behind the scenes stuff. And then also episode five, season one, episode five called Grunge in the Seattle Sound. This was all about how sub pop records basically kind of had these same ideas as Motown. Seattle was a dark, gloomy port town with working people 
And, you know, the teens and the young people at that time in the 90s loved their grunge sound that really came out of the depression of their town. But other people were just not feeling it. They couldn't get any media from the LA, from LA or New York. So they kind of did, you know, like the British Invasion style and they decided to get the UK media interested. And that kind of started to get the US media interested. And they really were just two guys who just loved music and they got a dope producer and a dope photographer on board and they made it happen. They barely had any money. And, um, you know, this episode really talked about how as soon as something pops off, uh, you know, they always try to make money off of something successful and then ruin it. And this one guy actually called pop culture like a cannibal. Not to bring up the cannibal again, because I never want to think about that fresh movie again. <laughs> but he was just saying how like, it, we've seen it in hip hop, we've seen it in pop. And, and he said the same happened for grunge. He was like, all of a sudden, everybody was wearing flannels and, and talking about how depressed they were and everybody was on heroin. And he was like, that's not what this really was. That's not how this started, but okay. So it's just very interesting. Um, I've learned everything I can about the 80s and, the, and, and I'm, I feel like I'm digging more into the 90s. I'm just like a little historian. I just love pop culture so much. So those are some of the things I've been watching. But the last thing I wanted to share that has caught my attention is the DMZ on HBO Max. I believe this is a DC show. Executive produced by Ava DuVernay and other people. <laughs> you know, it's like marketed as like executive produced by Ava DuVernay. And even I said that on social media. But when you watch the credits, there are several executive producers, not just Ava DuVernay. Nevertheless, I support everything that Ava does. And I support everything that Rosario Dawson does. I love her. And she's the main character in this show. She plays Alma. Um, basically, DMZ is about a demilitarized zone. Um, it's kind of post-apocalyptic, um, Hunger Games, you know, there's kind of like only two countries now, like Canada and the United States, and the DMZ area is, um, what you call it, the Manhattan, and so she's on the outside, but her son is stuck on the inside, so she goes back inside eight years later to try to save him, and it's just gritty, it's interesting, and I didn't realize it was only four episodes, it's a limited series, so please check it out, support black women. Um, Rosario Dawson also shared our story, by the way, from the YBO Instagram. So we're kind of famous or whatever, but yeah, DMZ, it was just really gripping. I just love good TV and this is good TV, storytelling, action, um, empathy. Like I was crying at one point. So <laughs> I love that show and I hope you guys check it out. That's a wrap on episode 159, folks. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening today. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. Follow me, Miss Chris D, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And you can always send me an email at helloybo at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. Questions, comments, topic ideas, send it to helloybo at gmail.com. And I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye.